0: Come Up-
1: this is sarah lapsley on the arts report for september 18th this evening i'll play part two of my interview with the sweet and smart todd berry we also have flick harrison live in the studio to tell us about brief encounters running september 19th to 21st at performance works i'll give you the lowdown on the vancouver film festival and other important events coming up over the next couple weeks in vancouver stay tuned going to put you on flick harrison so you can say hi too hi everyone i I usually do kind of a cheesy intro like i'm going to talk about how i moved today so it was like i've been sort of posting about boxes and stuff but actually the move was today movers came um so
2: you look pretty relaxed for someone who just moved
1: you know what that's because of the movers who were awesome and i brought their card and i said i said that i'd give them a shout out on the radio like they were so nice and they didn't, like, ugh, they were just amazing. Um, and it's called Your Move Limited. Ernie Chivignato. Um And you could email them at yourmove.ltd at hotmail.com. Like, I seriously can't say enough about them. Like, they made it so smooth. They were polite. Even when there was some, you know, tempers flaring with the neighbors because we were blocking the alley, like, they were just great. Didn't Good for them. I know. And I live in New West now have you ever been to n- what wow yeah i mean
2: it's the new center of the universe isn't
1: it i think it is yeah it is now that i live there <laughs> no but it is it's kind of like a hub for um all the other suburbs and it's the oldest city in western canada it used to be the capital really it used yeah. to be the capital
2: oh, or the governorship or something yeah word before well there's because a lot Amor of de Gordos was in charge hmm no that's right that's what i used to call gordon campbell oh, okay to Cosmos. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, that's this is getting into BC history. But the first guy to run the province changed his name to Amor de Cosmos, which means love of the universe.
1: Oh, that's cool! I wish he would c- come back and run our province now. <laughs> well, they've lots of like there's some museums and stuff I'm looking to check out and heritage houses. So you see the old like 19th century heritage houses. But my neighbor across the alley, um, he's got one of these mid century modern. Houses, and so that's also a trend in New West. And you see that they fix them up beautifully, these sort of flat houses, and uh, they paint them beautiful colors, and they get on the heritage list. So now it's my dream to have a mid-century modern house in New West. <laughs>
2: well, you're halfway there. You're in New West. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's close to work, but it is very congested, mm. for sure.
2: Yeah, the big, there's big second-hand stores out there that I go to once in a while. Yeah, yeah. i In Thrifton.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna check out the downtown at some point, but yeah, like thinking about all the stuff. Like I'm so sick of stuff. It's just like papers and knickknacks and crap. And it's like, where does it all come from? Like, I thought I'd gotten rid of almost everything, but it's just this pile of junk I don't and
2: you have want. To move it, and then you see how much there still
1: is. Yeah, and I was like, it's been in storage. I haven't used it for two years, so clearly I don't need it. But I still can't get rid of it
2: oh yeah i uh i just traveled for a couple weeks this summer when you get back you realize well for two and a half weeks i didn't need this thing
1: yeah right (laughs) you lived like on a few items of clothing yeah well i like i found this eight by ten a glossy eight by ten of um richard dean anderson macgyver that i've had i don't know for how many years and i don't think i met him but it must have been someone i knew in the film industry who got it to like him to sign it for me so it says to sarah like you're such a good friend or something and then he signed it and I was like oh I just like I'm never gonna use it or put it up but I just can't get rid of it cuz it says to Sarah that we're friends so take I don't a know
2: sure take a picture put it on Facebook and then throw it out
1: actually I did I took a <laughs> picture posted it to Facebook and took it down like a second later I thought you know what nobody wants <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to see this it's not funny <laughs> But I think I'm going to take it to work and give it to, like, one of my, uh, you know, gal pals at work, and she can put it up on her wall.
2: I think that would be a nice thing on the wall at Citr.
1: You know a what? MacGyver picture? Thank you. That's a, cr- <laughs> that's a great idea. But that's about all uh, I have for my um, moving thing. But um, the shindigs happening now. So at CITR, there's so much going on as usual. Everyone's deserted here today. Uh, the school, there's actually no classes running today um, because it's the Truth and Reconciliation event, and I'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but it is this huge four-day event. Uh, all these politicians and big wigs coming in. It's on the Peony grounds to talk about. Um, how the aboriginal people were put in the residential schools and uh, really abused Um, and so i'll talk about all the events so they've actually closed classes for today at ubc so that students and faculty can go Mm. i don't know how many actually did go but everyone at citr is there recording some of the events so yeah it's a really cool thing Mm. so I haven't seen you in, I don't know, about eight or nine years. That's and you didn't even time. know it was me. I like didn't know you were going to be here. You knew you are coming to the Arts Report.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you saw me through the window. And I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't think you knew it was me. And
2: there you were. Yeah. You did Facebook friend me like just a couple days but ago. You didn't say yes. Didn't I? I don't think so. I must have. That would be ridiculous. Sometimes I would I have gotten a notification. <laughs> I just try to treat Facebook as if it's not part of the universe. So, like, I see you and I go, hey, you Facebook friend of me, and then I get that response because I forgot, like, right, I have to actually click that. Right.
1: You know, (laughs) you're one of the cool ones. (laughs) Um, But it has been a while. Yes, and uh, we can talk later about how we know each other so well. Uh, (laughs) But for now, I want you to tell me a little bit about your work in general, like, you're a filmmaker primarily. Mm Mm-hmm. And so how did that come about, and what have you been doing up till now? And then we'll talk about brief encounters.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm I'm kind of becoming a media artist. I actually went to UBC, graduated in 98, and I'm really freaked out by how different the campus is. Uh, it is super, super duper gigantic.
1: Can you speak up a little bit?
2: Up. Uh, speaking up. Yeah.
1: I haven't been on the Sorry, radio listeners. In a long time. Yeah, okay. Hi, listeners. Yes. <laughs>
2: So I went to UBC, all you UBCites, graduated in 98 from film, and since then I've been doing definitely a lot of filmmaking, a lot of video, Uh, and I guess by now I'm a media artist. I do interactive stuff, I do community arts, I just finished working with my collective Something Collective doing an interactive community map that we created with members of uh, the Renfrew community and then Sunset community. Um, You mean
1: East Village?
2: East Village, I don't know. Sunset is like 41st down to the Marine Drive. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Sorry. They used to call, I'm thinking, Hastings Sunrise. Now is the East Village. All this branding stuff. Anyways, right, branding, forget like it. Soma. I live yeah. in Soma. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just straight out of Brave New World.
1: Okay. Um,
2: yeah, so, uh, yeah, and then I've done, I've done a whole bunch of video stuff and, and I do a lot more community arts. And now this is the first time, I guess, I've been uh, brought in to do some just curating. I guess once you get old, they start asking you to curate stuff. (laughs) And you want to
1: because you're old and it makes you feel proud.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So much want to run the world. We're
1: we're not old. (laughs) We're not old. Yeah. No, we're not. Um, So so brief encounters. This is the 20th year. Is that correct?
2: (laughs) Excuse me. No, it's not the 20th year. It's actually the 20th Brief Encounters. Okay. So there have been 20 of these things, plus a few sort of side projects, uh, festival versions and remounts of things that have been done. And actually, Brief Encounters just did an official Brief Encounters event in uh, Australia a couple of weeks ago. So it's more, it's kind of a concept. And there's been 20 official Brief Encounters events where we take a group of artists, pair them up in pairs that have never met each other before, and they have two weeks to meet this artist, figure out what they do and then make a performance piece together and put it up on stage three nights in a row.
1: Oh, wow. So it's, it's performance art mm-hmm. specifically. So, but it could be like film or video or dance or music or Yeah, it could be anything.
2: So in this one, for instance, we have, uh, we have a ceramicist who's like a visual artist. He makes ceramics, uh, Brendan Tang. Uh, and then uh, he's teamed up with Zeb West, who's a puppeteer. Uh, he's kind of a kind of improvisational kind of performer, but puppeteering is what he's here at the Fringe doing a puppet show. Uh, And they're teamed up. And so what they do in two weeks after meeting each other for the first time, Zeb's from Texas, Brendan's from here. And they suddenly have to like find something in common, find a form they can do together and uh, put it on stage.
1: Wow. So you said it's a concept. So it's not, did it it originate in Vancouver, this idea? Yeah.
2: um, There was a group called the Tomorrow Collective. Uh, It was three dancers, Katie Harris McLeod, Mara Brunscombe, and Jennifer McLeish-Lewis. They created, aside uh, from their dance projects that they did, they decided to make this event where they would team these people up and, and do this thing called Brief Encounters. And so slowly, they've kind of mostly migrated out of it. Katie Harris McLeod is still part of it. But um, the brief encounters has lived on, and it's gotten bigger and bigger. And there's this like growing fraternity of people who've done brief encounters.
1: Right. It's like the TED Talk. It's like the new (laughs) TED Talks. It's
2: like a secret society. Yeah. It's like a club.
1: So, how do you get into it? Like, it's just who you know, or you have to have a certain level of stature. Well,
2: I did one. uh, Yeah, you must be at least this tall to do brief encounters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did one in brief encounters number five. So I actually just went and saw one. They were at this place called the Office. Uh, that uh, I guess Radix Theatre was in there and a couple other people. Um, so they did uh, a few of them there, and I, I saw one and said, oh, please can I do a brief encounter because it looks really fun. And so I did one with a guy named Take Five who's a graffiti artist, and uh, which is it was a trip. It was really fun. Um, and then I've sort of stuck around, and slowly as the teams got bigger, uh, now I shoot all the brief encounters and document them and put all that stuff on the web. Um, and eventually, uh, as it got bigger as well, they decided to bring in guest programmers. That way it spreads out the net a little bit, so mm-hmm. that instead of having the same people choose their artists, you find someone who hasn't done it before. Uh, they choose a bunch of artists they like, or you know, it goes towards their discipline a little bit, because that's what they know. And uh, it just gets sort of wider and wider. So I was brought in because uh, I'm a media artist, I have a whole different thing. I, uh, I was teamed up with uh, David Jordan, who's uh, with the Fringe Festival. And he helped us pick five artists, five fringe performers who have come from out of town. And then I picked a whole bunch of people from Vancouver with Christina Lemieux, who's the uh, the um, uh, what's the, uh, artistic director. And uh, so we picked all these people. And then we sort of shuffled the deck and said, let's see who should team up with who.
1: And so, like, in your experience with Brief Encounters, has anyone ever, like, not gotten along or... Oh. It's been tense or like, I won't work with him or whatever. It's or a trip. Her. It is a trip.
2: That's the thing. See, it's, a, it's, it's, we try really hard to make it work and we really try hard to match people up who we think will have a good thing happening. Um, you know, there's, I think there's been one marriage that's resulted at least, but there's definitely been some hookups that have resulted, but that's clearly not our intention. Right. <laughs>
1: uh, so no conflicts, but hookups. <laughs> well, that's... there's,
2: there's been conflicts too. And and that's one of the things as we do is kind of massage it. Right. To make sure that something, sometimes there'll be a piece that everyone really loves. And everyone says, wow, well, that was the greatest piece. And we'll secretly kind of chuckle because that was the one that had the most conflict.
1: Right. So both hookups and conflict use massage, <laughs> need <laughs> massage. That was, that was bad. Well, let, let's talk about the people in it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a stand-up poet from Oxford, UK, Steve Larkin. Paired with a theater artist from L.A., Deanna Flesher.
2: Yeah, okay, so Steve Larkin is, uh, his, his theater show that was in the Fringe was called Nance.
1: Okay, yeah, I think I looked at his thing. He did, did things with prisoners, or...
2: Yeah, it was a one-man show about, uh, teaching poetry in a therapeutic prison for sex offenders. So, it was an amazing show, it was really intense, it was funny, it was really good, um... We hadn't seen it yet. We just were taking sort of a chance on saying, well, uh, David Jordan, the Fringe Festival guy, loves this guy. We looked at a bit of his stuff. We talked to him on Skype, and we said, wow, you seem awesome. Come on down. And then Deanna Fleischer did uh, Butt Kapinski, which actually um, also uh, both of those two shows have won awards at the Fringe.
1: Okay. I th- <laughs> this is how dumb I am. I thought <laughs> I thought <laughs> But Kapinski was just a guy. That was his name. <laughs> and I kept hearing But Kapinski, and I was like, oh. That's just a guy. That's his name, but But,
2: Well, but that is, that but that is, uh, the character is named Butt Kapinski. Right. So Deanna plays this guy, and uh, she was kind of doing this clowny improv thing where she would grab people from the audience, and she built the whole story of the show using the entire audience as the other characters, and it's hilarious. It's a really funny show, and it's going to come back, actually, to the cult sometime in the next year, because she won the, I'm not sure what the name of the award is, but it's, it's the award that... Uh, Cultrification Award I believe Hmm So those two And that's we, we kind of threw them together We sort of mixed it up uh, And threw two fringe artists together For that pairing And what they're making You know You'll find out Tomorrow night So they're getting along
1: out. They're re- <laughs> They're getting along So far
2: They are getting along One of the tw- One of the tweets That we've sent out Or posts Or whatever Interbook Face Time <laughs> Things that we sent out it Was a picture of them Together at Wreck Beach Oh working on their piece
1: so it's less conflict (laughs) um and you talked about brendan tang and zeb l west
2: yeah brendan tang i'll just quickly say he does um these sort of ceramic sculptures that uh they start at at one end one end they're like a like a ming vase and by the other side of the piece it's morphed into uh like a transformer cool they're really neat they're really amazing um and zeb uh yeah he's from austin texas and he does uh his puppet shows like a one-man show is pretty hilarious
1: Nice. And then who's Stefan Smulovitz?
2: Uh, He is a musician from here in Vancouver and a a software programmer. So he makes, he plays uh, viola, I believe, and uh, does a lot of sort of technological stuff with music sampling and uh, digital alteration and writes his own software. And he's teamed up with John Grady, who actually, uh, we didn't know this. He's from New York City, but we didn't know that until we brought him in that he actually used to live in Vancouver and used to dance for Bell ABC. Wow. And then he went and did, I think, eight years with the Blue Man Group. Uh, and now he's doing monologues. He does a, his one-man show here. was called Little Pussy. And uh, it was great. It was really hilarious about getting beat up and taking martial arts and trying to be a man in a, when you're a dancer.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow. That sounds great. Yeah. So that's a
2: great pairing as well.
1: And then I learned this at the Fringe about bouffons buffon. versus clowns.
2: Versus the haircut buffon.
1: And so you have an artist here, Nathaniel Gestiano, who's a buffon, And is he that? Yeah. Not a clown, but what's your understanding of a buffon?
2: So um, he was in a show with a a partner that he came up here with uh, called You Killed Hamlet. And his show basically was uh, him and his partner coming out in these crazy, really grotesque costumes where they have like weird bulging body parts. They're like their pants are stuffed to make it look like they've got a really big, so, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and they kind of like, they're gross and very, very touching themselves and like kind of just trying to push the audience to be kind of grossed out or just to push boundaries. And they'll come into the audience and interact, interact with people. And that show was great. It it was really popular as well. And uh, I saw it at one of the first shows when people didn't quite get what Buffon was. And I think there were 10 people who walked out the first show. They were like, oh, I say, I've never been oh, I, I just don't, I, I don't know, this is just a potty humor.
1: Right, so the, that's what sets them apart from regular clowns, like they're they're provocative.
2: Yeah, very provocative and very in-your-face, and it's it's a little bit cathartic, I guess, because you're just going places where we all kind of giggle at, but we do not really allowed to go, and then they go beyond that to where we kind of don't even know if we do want to go there. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's hilarious. So he's teamed up with um, Karen Jameson, who's like uh, probably the... I don't know if she'd like being called the Eminence Grease of our current cast. Uh, she's just a very successful and very long uh, experience. Her uh, name
1: is familiar to me.
2: Yeah, she's a dancer, a modern dancer.
1: Mm-hmm. And then who didn't we mention? Oh, Liz Solo, um, a new media artist from St. John's, Newfoundland, and Red Sarah, a bike activist. Mm-hmm. So that sounds kind of like a cool combo.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty cool combo. It's funny, they they actually seem to be a lot more similar in terms of their form than we kind of thought when we matched them up, which is cool. That's interesting. That's something we figured out. Um, Because Liz, uh, she does performance art in like Second Life. That's one of the things she's done. She also has a a punk band called the Black Bags. Um, And she used to do interventions in World of Warcraft. Uh, What do you mean? (laughs) What does that mean? They had a group called Second Front where they would all sign up for World of Warcraft accounts and they would do performance there where they would team up and try to have a peacemaking mission where they would try to stop the two sides from fighting each other. Oh my
1: god, that's too meta for me. Like, (laughs) I don't know. That's, so, there's two, well, there's two sides. Yeah. And So all the world, all the players of World of Warcraft in the world are on one of two sides. Yeah, and they fight. So it's like this subtext under, that's a hidden subtext in the world. Like, so if I played and you played, and we didn't know each other, would there be some radar for me well, to you, tell no, that you know no
2: were... you different creatures i think I, I don't know it too well but i think you pick different creatures and you can tell certain creatures are always on one side or the other right
1: but if i saw you on the street could i be like oh there's a fellow world of Warcrafter? crafter
2: <laughs> there might be a secret handshake yeah. i don't know there could like, be or like just a look on the face yeah, like that like, guy's definitely a i don't even know what the two factions are Yeah. A red or a blue no that's yeah
1: i think that's okay <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we are old. <laughs> I, might, I might just be old. <laughs> Why don't we play the black bags? Because we pulled that up. Let me see if I can find... Oh, I should it.
2: just explain Red Sarah. I bet some DCI listeners will know her anyway, but she's a, she's a bike activist. But she's also a painter, and she uh, works with the BC Clets. She's in the BC Clets.
1: What are What are the BC Clets? They're
2: like an anarchist bike uh, activist cheerleading squad, I guess. So
1: you mean they'll... Take over the streets with their bikes.
2: Yeah, and do like a dance performance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or swarm cars sometimes. I don't know if they'd swarm
2: cars. Right, so they're more fun. Maybe I wouldn't even be allowed to say it on the radio if they did. I
1: don't know. Right, of course. Yes. (laughs) Okay, you didn't hear that. We're going to play Black Bag, and that's Liz Solo's project from St. John's. Do you know anything about... Uh, This is a
2: new album that's just been released. I actually saw them last summer in St. John's. uh, Shot a little bit of them. So there's some video on the web that I've shot of them. But uh, yeah, uh, Liz Solo was not in the fringe. She's one of the people I brought in just as a wild card uh, for uh, uh, Brief Encounters because I just, uh, I like her work and I just wanted to stretch out a little bit and bring something in that was even outside of the sort of weirder brief encounters that we're doing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we play this song called raining hammers and then we're going to come back with Flick Harrison and we will talk about a film that we worked on together back in the early two thousands an incendiary film um, <laughs> called better off in bed.
2: Can I plug the show one more time before the song? Plays?
1: Yes, please
2: brief encounters September 19th, 20th and 21st at performance works uh, 9 p.m. That's that's the show we're talking about,
1: and it's briefencounters.ca. Yes, this is a website. Yeah, good website. Okay, here we are. Raining hammers by the black bags.
3: ever thought about studying abroad visit the study and go abroad fair on thursday september 26th at the vancouver convention center east wing to meet with universities from around the world offering postgrad, undergrad and diploma programs abroad find out more about admission requirements programs and scholarships check out our travel zone for volunteering language programs adventure travel and work abroad expo opens at 3 p.m but come early at 2 p.m for our feature seminar on scholarships admission is free Check the website for more info at www.studyandgoabroad.com.
4: Project Space presents the second annual Vancouver Art Book Fair, a two-day festival of artists publishing in the heart of downtown at the Vancouver Art Gallery. Come immerse yourself in the awesomeness of books, magazines, zines, and printed ephemera. Artist talks, workshops, performances... Panel discussions and installations will provide you with a multi-sensory experience that expands beyond the printed page. Free and open to public, the event takes place on October 5th and 6th from 12pm to 5pm. For more information, visit vancouverartbookfair.com. We're back on CITR 101.9 FM.
1: I'm your host, Sarah Lapsley, and this is The Arts Report, and I'm here with Flick Harrison. Who is talking about Brief Encounters, an interdisciplinary performance event where they've paired up different artists to come up with cool, in a couple of weeks, come up with a performance to do over a couple of days, September 19th to 21st at Performance Works Mm -hmm. on Granville Island. And
2: all five pairings will be all three nights. So everything we do, you'll be able to see any night you go. Oh,
1: perfect. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So it's like repeated each night is yeah. the same. Yeah.
2: And you never know. In a show that you put together really fast and put it up and it's up for three nights, you might be going to the best version of that piece that you will ever see.
1: On the third night, maybe might or the be first the best night. or the in first night. Magic
2: the first night, magic the second night. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do you.
1: You can only find out by going tomorrow. But um yeah, it was interesting to have flick in because I guess it would have been about two thousand and two. Um I was in a band called The Gay, and we're contacted by a friend, Reg Harkema, who's a filmmaker, a really mm-hmm. good filmmaker, also an editor. Um, and he wanted to do it's like I feel even nervous talking about it. <laughs> he wanted to do a like reality type um, documentary about life on the road. We were doing a tour with the new pornographers, so it was like them. Um, and us, and I guess the sort of premise was like I was dating Todd from the new pornographers at the time. Um, Coco, our bass player was dating Kurt, the drummer of the new pornographers, and Maya, our accordion player slash guitar player, was dating John Collins. so that um, it was kind of complicated. things got <laughs> complicated. What was your impression of? Uh, how it got going well that was
2: my first time ever touring from a rock band with a rock band so uh being a fly on the wall or a fly in the ointment as the uh, males brothers say uh was pretty amazing um i just got brought in as a camera guy and suddenly i was in the middle of it so Mm -hmm. uh that that was pretty cool it was pretty neat Uh, yeah bands on tour with their boyfriends and girlfriends is always exciting
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i think like it was difficult for me at the time because i was dating todd and i don't think he'll mind me saying uh, that he was very jealous and controlling and we're going to have our own podcast about relationships and uh so we talk freely about this stuff oh wow yeah um and you know looking back uh, it was very difficult and in fact and you don't recall him being difficult towards you
2: I, as I say, I was the fly on the wall. My answer to everything was, I'm not here. I'm not here. Right.
1: <laughs> well, like, because you were following me around. And ac- actually, I wasn't well the first couple of days. I had gotten food poisoning. Like, the night before. I didn't bee- even know foo- that. Well, Maybe I did at the time. I yeah, thinking. I think you did. Because you would follow me, like, to the bathroom. And I would, like, shut the bathroom door. And I'd come <laughs> out, and you'd be right there. And I'd be like,
2: oh, God. I think that is the only time I didn't follow you anywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um, Todd would, like, when you... Like you were just being the fly in the wall, and he'd um, pull me aside and he'd like be mad and he'd be like, You know, that guy's checking you out or you like him because he's always around. And I'm like, He's filming, like give me a break, you know? So wow. that, but I'm so glad you didn't notice that. <laughs> I'm so relieved.
2: I didn't feel, fi- I mean, people are pretty aware of cameras, and if they don't want to be on camera, it's sometimes pretty easy to just like <clears throat> turn sideways. And yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think, like, you know, some people felt like, the footage wasn't that interesting
0: hmm.
1: or like people didn't have a good reaction to it. Let me put it that way.
0: Hmm.
1: What was your sense of the people, the uh, no names mentioned, but people's reactions to it? Why do you think they reacted so badly?
2: I don't know. I guess, I mean, the film had a bit of a life. Like it did go to a few festivals in South America, it showed in South America. Oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't, I think there's something about not knowing the people involved that makes it better mm-hmm. as a film, as a drama, because mm-hmm. the farther you get away, like if people who know the people in, in the story get a different kind of vibe off of seeing things shown on screen. I mean, there's a, there's a rule in journalism. They say that all stories that you read in the newspaper are correct, except the ones that you know something about.
1: Right, right. You know, I think that's a good point. I mean, because it did show I went, I remember going to Whistler mm. and appearing at the the screening there. Right. The people, uh, some of the people involved in the film didn't have a good reaction. Once mm. we were on the road with the crew, they they didn't want to be involved anymore. Right. And but they had quite a violent reaction. And I don't know why, really. I mean, um, I don't think anything particularly dramatic happened. I mean, Todd and I actually tried to kind of play it up a bit just to keep things, you know, interesting. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Coco and Kurt had their kid and their dog and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then uh, the most interesting th- thing that happened, though, really kind of unfolded. Um, so Toby and Maya, Toby was our guitar player, married to a guy, Mike, and Maya was dating John Collins. Um and uh, they decided they were lesbians and got together on the tour. But it wasn't quite apparent. Like and they're they, still together now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're still together yeah. now, like 10 years later, 10 mm. plus years later. Um, so that was that threw people off too only in the sense that there was some pain there mm. involved with the breakups. But the breakups didn't happen during the film. But it was being hinted at. As the film went along, you could see they were becoming more and more touchy-feely. Mm. And you actually traveled with them Home,
2: oh, yeah, and they lost us pretty quick. <laughs> we followed them on the highway home, and uh, I think at the very first leg of that trip, they just went so fast on the highway that we just couldn't catch them.
1: Oh my god, so who did you go with? Because Reg came with us, I went
2: with Trish, who was the uh assistant producer, I guess. okay, yeah, and uh, we were in the in our van and we had all our gear and we were just following them, and they they went in a different vehicle for the first leg and they were like, they expressed their feelings about being documented by putting their pedal to the metal. Oh
1: my God. (laughs) Well, it was like the end of the tour last night in Winnipeg by that time, pretty much. I'd say everybody hated me for sure. Even though I didn't do anything wrong, I don't think, but just there was some, it was a sour um, group by the end. Um, Although one of the classic moments of the film is where Blaine projectile Vomits,
2: And, you know, I color corrected that film as well as shooting it. And mm-hmm. I actually spent a long time color correcting that scene to try and get this the perfect color of the of the <laughs> puke so that it would match up with so that the skin tones wouldn't look weird. But that that would get this sort of neon green. That was actually uh, um, all my artistic achievements.
1: I was standing right there. It's like <laughs> I didn't expect it. And that's great that you took the time to make it
2: <laughs> to make it work. Good, artistically. But-
1: Um, like everyone sort of went their separate ways at the end of of the tour. So Maya and Toby left on their own. You followed them. Kurt and Coco went off camping or something. Yeah, they
2: had a different route home. Yeah.
1: Todd and I could have gotten a ride, um, with some of the band people, but we took the bus. We just, it's like the stupidest thing. It's really so embarrassing. We took the Greyhound home. Um, and Red Charkma came with us on the bus and filmed us on the bus. I mean, he didn't get anything very interesting, but <laughs> there's some kind of footage that he got where I'm falling. I've fallen asleep on Todd's shoulder that they use. That
2: became the poster. That actually. became the
1: poster. <laughs> yeah, but like there the were, mile, I embarrass myself. I'd say pretty thoroughly. Um, there's one scene I literally I can't watch. Oh, what's that? I can't even talk about it on the radio, but Mm. it's like I'm traveling in the band with the new pornographers and they clearly don't want me there. And Todd and I are kind of PDAing and the look and that, you know, we couldn't see their faces, but the cameras capturing their faces. And it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, it would be amusing to someone watching. So... And and that's the
2: thing, seeing outside your body, seeing outside what's happening is always a little bit weird. It's always something uncomfortable about it, seeing things that you just would never have known otherwise. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, and then the film, like, you said it had a bit of a run, but then, like, it could have had a better run. Yeah.
2: But I think that was it. I think there was a sense of the fact that the band didn't want it, or a bunch of people who were in the film didn't want it out there. And I think... um, that's the thing. I think I think Reg took a lot of time massaging that film to be a specific thing and showing rough cuts to close associates and tweaking more and trying to find certain balance of things to make sure that it was accurate to what he experienced and to what we talked about on the road and to make sure that what he put in the film was at least what he saw. It doesn't mean it's 100% true or correct, but it mm-hmm. definitely was trying to capture what his experience of it was. And I think, yeah, it just got to the point where there wasn't enough support Uh, among the people who are in it and all that to just get the film out there and Mm -hmm. it was just like well this isn't going anywhere and i I don't think reg wanted to fight that and smash it through and force it out there when people weren't happy yeah like he didn't he didn't want to like just plunder everybody for that because i think he went in with good faith thinking that everyone was interested in this project and you know a lot of people like you know borat they'll have people come in and get release forms from everyone and then after they've all signed then borat comes into the elevator naked
1: and they're like, "I want out."
2: I want out, but it's too late. Yeah. Right. So I think that was, I think that was a bit of good faith.
1: Maybe Todd and I were like bouffons in the film. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel better.
2: Slightly, slightly uncomfortable <laughs> versions of ourselves.
1: Provocative. <laughs> um, yeah, and too bad for Reg because he's a great filmmaker. But he went on to do some really good stuff. And I guess that's after that.
2: That's an underground lost film now, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like... have a copy. I have two copies
2: couple of white label copies. Yeah. They have nice boxes.
1: No, they're, they're just regular plastic DVDs. But yeah, yeah. yeah I went to, up to Whistler and talked at the screening. and.
2: Oh, you talked at the screening, Whistler? I, awesome.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I had diarrhea, like the first few days of the touring. And then I was like, wow. I, I, and Don McKellar was there. He wow. came to the screening. Did he work on the film at all? Did he consult on it a little bit?
2: Uh, Not that I know of. He okay. may have watched a cut or something. i okay. don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. But that was nice. He came out in support of the screening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, in terms of filmmaking, that was just, I found it was a great film for that of, um, of just like the amount of footage we shot and cutting it down to a really, really coherent narrative that those stories came out that you're talking about of the three couples and, and where they were going and what was going on. It was just really interesting to see that coherent, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's true to what your experience was or true to what anyone else's experience was is another question
1: yeah so you don't have like you don't have really bad memories of it or anything
2: no i mean i had a blast traveling and falling. i mean you guys would wake up in the morning and i'd be in your room watching you brush your teeth and then and
1: smoke a huge joint (laughs) that's what i usually did every morning back then
2: (laughs) uh and then i'd be there by the time you guys were turning out the light and saying nighty night yeah it was awesome
1: i remember like feeling really stressed out one night Um, And you were right there. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, and coming back into the hotel and Toby and Maya were in one bed and Keith was in the other bed and there was nowhere else to sleep. Like it's either like sleep on the floor or or sleep in bed with Keith. And I was like, oh, I'm sleeping on the floor, you know. So, yeah, no, there was funny moments. (laughs) Good times. But I'm glad we got a chance to
2: the chicken chariot races never made it in.
1: What was the chicken chariot races? There was
2: that town in Saskatchewan where there's the chicken chariot races, and uh, and that part, that scene never made it in. It was just this, that was their industry in that town. And you guys were, ro- there was roller skating. That,
1: you, that, that must have been, must been on the way home?
2: No, it was on the way out there. There was some roller skating. I think you were on the phone.
1: I was on the phone with Todd, who would call me every two minutes mm. and just harangue me. Like it was really awful, actually. Sorry, Todd, I know you're not listening, so. <laughs> Um, but no, I, but then it was a little tender at the end, you know, when we finally got the time away. I think it has
2: a happy ending. That film has a pretty happy ending. Yeah, it's a pretty nice ending. Yeah. yeah, better off in bed. Which yeah, is the theme song. So yeah, the like,
1: <laughs> yeah. So no, it's it's great. I I mean, I always felt bad that it never um, was, you know, that it didn't get the reception it deserved, you know, and if it had gotten a good reception then my embarrassment would have been lessened but because you know and i think you know people weren't didn't go easy on me about it Hmm. either Hmm. you know and we're like hey you know we're just trying to make it kind of interesting
2: well i wouldn't really want a documentary made about my life yeah (laughs) you know i don't i don't think it's something I, i mean now everyone's getting that picture but you know back then even 10 years ago or 20 years ago people didn't know what it was like to go through that now there's cameras everywhere yeah. Now we understand it a little bit more, but I think even back then, it's just harder to understand what does it mean to let cameras into your life. Yeah. And how it's not really under your control. You know, it's just happening, and you you may accidentally say something in front of the camera or in front of the mic that you didn't mean to, and then it's too late; it's already recorded. Yeah. Then you have to negotiate backwards from there.
1: Yeah. If you think back then, two thousand two, no Facebook, no YouTube, maybe even no Google.
2: Yeah, it was Alta Vista or something like that or Webcrawler. I know.
1: I know. So it's like now, now it's like you do something and a f- picture might show up of you on Facebook and you have no control over it. Or Oh, yeah.
2: I'm surprised when it's like, oh, there's a picture of me there. When was that? Oh, it's right now. Mm-hmm. It's live. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we've changed. And at that time, it was still reality TV was fairly new, maybe.
2: Yeah, I do was... remember around that time. Yeah, stuff was starting to get a little easier. The cameras were cheaper. More stuff was happening. I was shooting more stuff that was low budget that was actually going to go somewhere. It was starting to happen a little bit in the broadcast industry, but it definitely wasn't available for everyone online to put stuff on there.
1: Mm -hmm. So tell me about... Tell me about what you're doing next cuz I do have to play my Todd Berry interview. <laughs> oh my god, the time's going fast. The time's going
2: and we have been talking about this one for quite a well. while. That's awesome. I know. It's good to talk about it. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully you'll find it interesting listeners if there are <laughs> any and uh, Hi, You listener. can't find it anywhere. It's not on YouTube. It's I have not. A, I have a hard copy. I might be the only person that actually has a copy in Vancouver.
2: Could be. Well, I guess people have to email you for a copy. Yeah, or find you Red Turkema.
1: <laughs> And he'll, I'm sure, give you one. Track him down. Track him down.
2: Um, what am I doing next? Uh, I am working... Oh, well, first of all, I'm going to show a couple films and do a reading at a, a VCon science fiction convention, October 4th and 5th.
1: Cool. Here? Yeah, In here. It's
2: at the airport hotel or something. VCon.org, I believe, is the website. Uh, so that's the 4th and 5th. And then with Catherine Faulkner... That's I'm,
1: your long-term partner. My long-term partner. She's lovely. Yes. Comedian.
2: Yes. Uh, although... This is more performance art than comedy. Okay. We're doing a show called Space Baby uh, at the Russian Hall on the 11th and 12th of October. Uh, and that's with Elliot Vaughn and Elise Cheadle, who are uh, doing music and dramaturgy. I guess our outside eye. I'm not sure what you'd call Elise, but she's right in the center of things. Nice. Uh, yeah.
1: I remember meeting Catherine. I must have been 1988 or something. We were in a Fringe play together. That's how I met her. And what was the play? Madness of Mandy? Yes. Madness of <laughs> Mandy.
2: Another lost classic. Another
1: lost classic. It was a good play. It was amazing. And I had a small role playing Nicole Kidman. And I did a little dance routine. You and, were playing
2: Nicole Kidman?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I looked more like Nicole Kidman then. Not so much now. But, um... I was very proud because I haven't done many plays in high school. I was in A Christmas Carol. Mm. I had another brief. Were you Nicole Kidman in that as well? No, I was, I can't remember, one of the wives of one of the gentlemen or something. Right, Okay. But anyways, okay, well, I'm going to play a song and then so I can set up my next little section here. But thank you so much, Flick, for coming in. And do you want to just give a last reminder about yes, Brief I'll Encounters? Yes, I'll
2: plug Brief Encounters again in case anyone's forgotten about it. It is Brief Encounters uh, showing at uh, Performance Works October ni- uh, sorry, September 19th, 20th, and 21st. That's tomorrow to Saturday, 9 p.m. at Performance Works. It's part of Pick of the Fringe, Pick Plus. And uh, yeah, check it out. Briefencounters.ca is the website.
1: Excellent. Thanks. So this song, so September 10th was um, International Suicide Prevention Day. Um, And I I know I've lost a few friends to suicide. And I study bipolar disorder and depression as part of my uh, school work and research program and so I just wanted to play a song by John Bottomley and he was a musician and he was actually partnered with Coco who was in the gay who was in the film we were just talking about Um, and they had a child together and John Bottomley uh, killed himself about three years ago so just in honor of international suicide prevention day and in honor of John Bottomley I want to play his song it's called you lose you gain um and then we'll come back and i will play my part two interview with Todd Berry <laughs>
5: Good. do you want me back cause I'm lost without you sleepless nights when I talk
1: on citr 101.9 fm flick is leaving the studio have a good trip home bye Bye. at six o'clock when we're done i'm going to play a podcast that our co-host megan put together um, about brief encounters so i will play that in about 10 minutes but i want to get to todd berry um i just meant to spend more time with todd on the Todd Berry segment, but you know, I had to cut our interview down. Um, and it was just, yeah, funny, like the first 10 minutes were really good. I was just so nervous that I was like doing a lot of talking over him and saying stupid stuff. So I'm sorry, Todd Berry. Um, and just as a pleasant, friendly reminder, Todd Berry is going to be Um, At the Biltmore this Monday, September 23rd, on his crowd work tour. So he's not doing any um, jokes. He's doing um, like engaging the audience, and it's going to be great. He's totally hilarious, and I've been watching more of his stuff uh, since the last time I was on. And uh, he, you know, it's not what he says. I mean, his material's great, it's really tight, but it's more how he says it, you know, and just this very understated, uh, hilarious, but. And he seems kind of cynical, but he, he, my guess is he's actually a very sweet, nice person. So the second part of our interview, um, I was laughing because last night I listened to the best show. And if you don't listen to that, you should really listen to it. It's on WFMU based out of new, a community radio station based out of New Jersey. Um, and, uh, so he was on the best show and Tom Sharpling was complaining. And only Tom Sharpling could get away with this. So I confronted Todd Berry about doing the interview over speakerphone because the audio was poor. And so he was saying, well, Todd, you know, on your own podcast, you are an audiophile and you want them to sound good. Um, and Todd was like, yeah, yeah. And I noticed the same thing in my interview with Todd Berry, but I didn't have the guts to confront him and be like, hey, you know, you're phoning me from like, Skype or something and uh, the sound quality's poor while well, my sound is crystal clear but I'm just teasing Todd Barry um, it was a pleasure and a privilege to speak with him um, but I did have to cut some out because of the poor sound quality and I just said more stupid things which I also cut out so he was very um, indulgent to uh, listen to me and you know some people when they get nervous they clam up When I get nervous, I just talk more. I just open my mouth and blah, stuff comes out. Um, So, you know, and I don't have a ticket yet for the show, Panic, because I've been so busy moving, Um, but I'm going to go get one very soon. Todd Berry, part two of my interview, we're talking about coffee. Um, One of his favorite things to do is have coffee. So I'm just going to play that for you, and then I'm going to have to sign out. So back in a minute.
6: I like drip. I like sometimes we'll get a pour over.
1: What's a pour-over?
6: Uh, yeah, uh, pour-over is when they hand-pour the coffee. Like, they, they sort of have a, a cone. And then
1: oh, I see. They put the,
6: and it, they hand-pour the boiling water, and it drips down into your cup. And mm-hmm.
1: then you drink it. So, but, like, a special yeah, treat.
6: I, I, I usually go with simple, iced coffee or regular coffee.
1: Yeah.
6: Is there good coffee in Vancouver?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And people make little, you know, drawings and the foam and stuff.
6: Yeah that's, yeah, that's the scene on am into.
1: Do you take milk or sugar?
6: Um, It depends. If it's, uh, if it's like a pour over, they sort of like you to have it straight up, I think. Yes. Um, but if it's just a drip, I will add milk to it. Because honestly, I do like milk in my coffee.
1: Mm hmm. But not sugar.
6: You heard it here first. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't. I stop putting sugar in one of my way of cutting down sugar. I don't
1: think it needs it. No, I don't like sugar or milk. The Aries thing I just brought up because I thought that was funny when you talked to that woman and she said all these things about Aries and they didn't fit for you and then it it was funny. Oh god, yeah,
6: that's that's such an old that's an old
1: joke, huh? But uh But I sort of lashed you, up. Well, I latched onto it because I'm sort of an amateur astrologer. So then I was like, "Oh, oh really? Yeah." So then I was like, so "Oh, what's your birth time?" It.
6: So you believe in that stuff?
1: Well, you know, then I was thinking about it. I I have no way of like really empirically validating my belief, but I do like it, sort of more of a you know a psychological tool, I guess. But what's your birth time?
6: I have no idea. You I really may don't have been... know. I used to know. Um, I may have been, I don't know. I, it's either one of the extremes. Either it was an early morning or perfect middle of the day. I don't know I don't know if that's perfect for middle of the day. Okay. I've never had a baby, but I, I don't know. Either me or my brother was an early morning baby. I don't yeah. remember. I'll find out. I'm seeing yeah, my dad's Oh, good.
1: Find out if, if you want. <laughs> I've already done your astrological chart, but I can't do it accurately oh, cool. without the birth time. But anyways, I won't cool. I won't tell you anything about it. I'll just use it to my own no, advantage. No, I don't want to know. I, just, I
6: don't want any sort of uh, self-fulfilling prophecies.
1: Yeah, no, and I don't want to, like, become fodder for the next phase no, of your no, <laughs> Aries that. joke. Okay. Um,
6: should I tell people where my show is?
1: Yes, and I will also tell them.
6: Okay, I figured you'd that. Uh, It's at the Billmore Ca- Cabaret, which I've never been to. Yes, and it's uh, September twenty third. I don't know what time it's at. I think eight. Yeah, All the shows.
1: I think there's someone opening. I don't know, but yeah, it's, yeah. a guy
6: named Dax Jordan.
1: Is he with you or he'll is open. he from here?
6: Yeah, he's gonna. He's my ride and my opening act.
1: So that's cool. You just drive around in a car together.
6: Yeah, yeah, for a few days. Yeah,
1: that's nice. I guess you'll be the my first comedy act.
6: He'll be your. I'll tell him that he, you're gonna. His first comedian ever.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, and there's not much of a green room. It's sort of like a,
6: a curtained oh, no. off area. Oh, uh, man. she had a tour bus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you come out and talk to people, it sounds like. You enjoy talking to.
6: Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm fine talking to people. I like a nice private bathroom, too. But you right. can have everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. And and you said you're a germaphobe, so it must be hard to travel with the germaphobe thing. Yeah,
6: music venues aren't necessarily a, a germaphobe's dream. Yeah. It's, this one I, I've never seen, so maybe it's not. Uh, them, so,
1: it's not uh, a germaphobe's dream, although if you come early, then you come before, you know, it's been sort of nominally cleaned, you know, probably yeah. in the late afternoon, but yeah. It's,
6: right. <laughs> I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm going to be
1: uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hate that hand sanitizer stuff. I think really soap and water is really the best.
6: Yeah. You never quite feel like you've done what you need to do when it's just hand sanitizer. I agree with you.
1: Yeah. Well, it's only effective for um, bacteria anyway, not viruses, which are, to me, the greater concern, but...
6: Which
1: ones? Um, hand sanitizer is only effective for bacteria, not for viruses. And viruses are. Oh, for
6: viruses? Oh, really?
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, as far as I know. That was my interview with Todd Berry. We're talking about hand sanitizers, viruses, bacteria. And I was actually wrong. Hand sanitizers are good for some bacteria, some viruses, and some fungi. Um, but Todd used to work in a VD clinic, which is hilarious, but there's more I could say, but I'm out of time. Sorry. Uh, just kind of blabbed on. Um, Flick Harrison was here. He was really great. It was fun to talk to him. Go see Todd Berry, September 23rd. I'm heading down now to the Frames of Mind film series to see a film. I can't remember the name, um, It's about post-British film, a drama about post-traumatic stress in female veterans starring Joanna Froggett or someone from Downton Abbey. And my prof, Dr. Marv Westwood, is going to be there giving the post-screening talk, and I'm going to be helping. Um, So looking forward to that. And coming up right now, after I play a song, is uh, Megan put together a podcast um fringe talk show host riel han hosts brief encounters guests and we cut out uh, flick harrison because he was here um so it runs about 25 minutes and then there's something else on at six thirty. um so i'm going to play a song now from someone who's a friend of todd barry's and also a friend of mine um shane nelkin and i'm sure he'll be there at the show and i'll get to say hi and he is a great band Um, the awkward stage put out a couple records with them and this one is a great song i really love it it's called so stupid so smart so thanks for tuning into the arts report oh my god it went fast so i'll see you october 2nd um, and stay tuned for the brief encounters podcast
0: towards your love
4: Saturday, September 21st, Grammy award-winning folk rock duo, the Indigo Girls, kick off their Canadian tour at the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver. Get your tickets online at northerntickets.com, by phone at 604-569-1144, or in person at the Northern Tickets office at 918 Granville Street. Don't miss Two North Indigo Girls Canadian Tour 2013. For full details and more information, visit indigogirls.com.
3: Joe Satriani is a rock guitar superstar. Don't miss his Unstoppable Momentum Tour Saturday, October 19th at the Vogue Theatre with special guest sit-down servant featuring Gordy Johnson. Tickets available online at northerntickets.com by phone at 604-569-1144 or in person at the Northern Tickets office at 918 Granville Street. For more information, visit satriani.com.
1: back on citr 101.9 fm this is sarah lapsley co-host of the arts report now i am here um just putting on a podcast that megan made about um the brief encounters performances that are coming up so uh Riel han comedian and storyteller hosts the vancouver fringe talk show and the special ed- edition features guests from the 2013 brief Encounters series Um, so, uh, this is, we've got the guests on the talk show. John Grady from Little Pussy, who, uh, we've got, who else? Uh, Liz Solo from that cool band, The Black Bags. She's a drummer and singer. Uh, Deanna Flesher. We have, um, so I'm going to play that now. Megan put it together and hope you enjoy it. Now, this is a content warning. I can't find the file, but I'm warning you. That there's content that may be uh, offensive, probably sexually offensive, but politically correct. Because we're talking about okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. Content warning. Okay, um,
3: are you ready, Corbin? The, not the sure. reason and the reason I'm starting oh, the talk show with the a song like Mountain right? right? yeah, Co-op,
6: exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of bright like your green first and the fringe? sexy.
3: Yeah.
0: My yes. first Vancouver Fringe, amazing. Yes.
3: Chose from now yeah. <laughs> This is an all Brief Encounters edition. Brief Encounters is a super awesome event. They pair up touring for with Vancouver. Artists.